Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Leading Agile Sound Notes. We are in the back half of the year because Agile 2019 is behind us. It was an amazing week. I'm very excited that it's over, though, because it was exhausting. And we do have a request. So we would like some feedback on if you happen to watch any of the interviews, what you think of them. Um, we tried a shorter format this year. We kept it down to 10 minutes, which was really weird and Weird for me because I'm used to doing longer ones, but we'd like to know if, if you did take a look at them, uh, what you think of them, what you think of the range of topics, um, any feedback at all, we would be very grateful for. And along those lines, Sarah Smith is here. Sarah, thank you for taking time out of your afternoon. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> well, I'm excited you're back too. And our topic today, in keeping with the request I just made, is feedback as a gift. Um. Yes. Which is the topic that you had you had brought up. So where does where does your drive for this topic coming from? So I feel really passionate about about this because as a, a younger person in the tech space and especially in consulting, you don't always know if you're hitting the right mark. And I think it's really important to be seeking feedback, but also able to give it, especially in the position I'm in, where I'm kind of coaching coaches and helping guide people. So I need to be really sensitive about how to give feedback and when to offer it and those kind of things. Okay. And so can you talk a little bit about your role and your, and your background? Because I know you've got a fair bit of coaching and some certifications as well, just to give the, the people that are listening a frame of reference. Sure. So uh, my, my, what I do right now is I'm actually working with one of our clients. I'm working at the program level, and I'm coaching uh, some of our clients to be coaches to help be effective at that program tier to help them coach teams. So it, it's a little bit different than what we usually do. Um, so I'm really guiding people more than I am doing that particular role, but that's, that's really difficult. I think it brings a whole new complexity to it because I have to be really tactful and I have to be really, um, I have to be really intentional about what I'm doing. Right. So I have to be very prescriptive, laying it out, creating safety for them. Okay. Prescriptive in, in your coaching or in the feedback that you're giving them or both. Um, both. I think it really benefits from both. Um, okay. What I usually do is I try and kind of lay out a few weeks worth of uh, lessons or trainings or workshops and make sure that they have whatever they need to succeed and create that safety for them. We're really big on safety okay. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this particular organization. Yeah. I think Agile in general, is, it's a really big deal and it's, I'm glad that it's making its way down into the companies. Um, when we talk mm-hmm. about feedback, like how would you how would you explain what that is to somebody, just so that we have sort of a baseline definition before we start digging into it? That's yeah, that's a great question. So when we're talking about feedback, it's not necessarily something where um, it's informed by a situation that's happened. It's it's not a character assassination. Um, it's not pointing out of people's defects or anything like that. It's really just information about reactions to a person's performance of a task and it's used for a basis for improvement. It's not anything that should be taking, taken negatively. So for it not, I mean, that's, that's kind of tough because everybody, I think everybody enjoys the benefits of the feedback, but getting it, even when you want it can be kind of painful. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, first when you're, when you're learning how to give feedback appropriately, you have to make sure that person is open to receiving it because how many times have you ever had somebody say, Dave, uh, can I give you some, can I give you a little bit of constructive criticism on (laughs) that? And you, you say, Oh God, no. (laughs) 
Yeah, my example was, come on in here. We're going to have a mentoring moment. And the person would sit me down and mentor me, which just meant telling me why I sucked. Um, yeah. And why I be more like them. But yeah, we should probably, maybe we can, can break up feedback into like something like that, which is we can get back to later. But at, at its most positive, most helpful, what are some, some characteristics of feedback or, or the person who's providing it? Right. So um, you want to be really specific as possible. You don't want it to be some vague thing of, oh, well, when you were in China last year with this client, you did, uh, you kind of made a comment that seemed a little offhand. Well, can you tell me the comment? No, I can't. You want right. it to be really specific and you also really want it to be um, something that you have an actionable follow-up to. So you want to make sure that when you give this feedback to a person, that there's an action item that they can do and it's really clear it's really clear for them and you also want to do it in a timely manner you don't want it to be days or weeks after this this situation occurred you really need to have it be where you're ideally in the room with them and you saw it firsthand you don't really want it to be second or third hand that you're hearing it from yeah um but you want it to be right after okay so can i ask you a question also in private in private, yeah, okay. In, in private, unless yeah. unless yeah. the person's open to having it in a public place, because some people are. Yeah, I don't generally recommend doing that because they may be open to it, but it could be interpreted differently from if somebody's there. Okay. If somebody else is just watching, you know. Well, yeah. So unless you have like a really open relationship with all those those people that might be in that public space, I think it would be better left for private. Okay. So I have a couple of situational questions for you. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So I'm, uh, because I'm on this panel for the Scrum Alliance where we review applications of people that want to be trainers, um, I often have to give feedback. And one of the challenges that we've had mm -hmm. is that, and I know I personally have, is I, can, I offer feedback that is not, it can be about a specific thing, but providing actionable counsel it can be very challenging like i can look at something like you know we have a question why do you need to be a cst um i can look at somebody's personal statement and i can say what's wrong with it but i can't actually tell the person how to fix it because they have to find their own solution to that if i tell them something it's a little too prescriptive and they kind of go by the numbers and i need them to figure out their own way of solving the puzzle so what do you do with situations like that? Like what would, what would some advice or how can you coach me in getting better at that? That's a really good, um, that's really good because I haven't really actually thought about that too much. So, cause I deal mostly with one-on-one -on -one interactions with people. And so what I'm, what I'm doing is really looking at um, those face-to-face -face interactions or when I'm, you know, over a WebEx or some kind of a collaboration tool. So I have an actual real life example that I can offer from an email I got today from a former student. Um, mm -hmm. Their scrum, this is a person on a development team, wrote to me and said they were really frustrated and really confused because they'd taken my class and they thought they understood what a scrum master was supposed to do. But their scrum master, anytime the team came to them with any challenge or any question or anything they didn't understand, the scrum master's default response to everything was you're a self-organizing team, figure it out on your own. Wow. <laughs> and that's how I they could definitely see how that's really frustrating. Yeah, but so and I'm and I wrote down, you know, my thoughts about how I would approach 
the role of scrum master with a, you know, a brand new team, a team that had been around for a little while and a team that was more advanced um, and offer my own thoughts on it. But if you were to sit down with the scrum master um, who, who that was what they said about everything, um, you can mm-hmm. point out to them that that behavior is not really the intention that you're looking for. If you mm-hmm. give them something prescriptive, don't you think they're just going to follow the, you know, the dotted line and just do whatever you tell them to do? In which case, are you well, actually I think that's really Well, and that's really interesting because when you're thinking about it, what I usually do is I look at, it's something called SBIS, and it's the situation, the behavior, the impact, and the suggestion. So okay. if you look at the situation, like you have that person who sent the email in and said this from master, just says you're a self-organizing team, you guys are empowered, go ahead and figure that out. Um, so that's the situation. What the behavior is, is that, you know, they're looking, the team's looking for guidance and yeah. they're looking at this person to help guide them. So what is really happening is that they're feeling a little bit abandoned probably. Yeah. And that, you know, this person went and they might've done training. They, they might have all the answers, but they're withholding from them. And yeah. it, it's almost like lording over knowledge and expecting them to know how to fix a problem that they have no idea how to fix. And so the impact to that is that the team becomes disheartened. They may become demoralized and their, their work is going to suffer. So the suggestion would be, you may have to be a little bit more prescriptive as a coach. You, you probably have to, you know, you got to script that out. You got to create some safety for your team in order for them to understand what those next steps are, because it doesn't go, you don't have a team that's formed and then overnight they're rock stars. Right. You have to guide them and coach them and lead them. And you can't do that if you just say, okay, guys, you're empowered. Uh, so here's the definition of the word empowered. Have fun. Be empowered. And you really have to. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, I dream of genie where you just, you know, do the head bob yeah. and you're all good. But even if you're saying to this person, you might have to provide more guidance. Um, mm-hmm. If this person, and I am making a lot of assumptions here, but I'm assuming if this person read somewhere or heard the phrase, ask the team, that that is the the rule they're supposed to follow. There are people out there mm-hmm. on teams. They want to know what the rule is. And if you say to this person, you're going to have to guide them, you're going to have to, you know, give them some answers. Then I can see this person flipping completely and just telling the team what to do or what they would do. But you're yeah, especially if that's a person. command and control environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to coach this person into learning how to coach other people better. But that is, is mm-hmm. that's similar to the situation I brought up earlier. Like, I can tell you what it's not, but I don't know if I can mm-hmm. tell you what your version of it is. Right. And I think that goes into building a relationship with that person, um, okay. that person you're coaching, especially, because you have to know kind of, it becomes that relationship. You know what their default setting is. You have to know how to, or learn how to kind of, drag them out of that a little bit if it's not in the in the area that you need it to be in okay so it's a little bit of a dance and it you know it's not there's not a recipe book for this unfortunately just like nobody has an instruction manual yeah um so we we kind of have to it's that experimentation we have to fail together sometimes and we have to learn from it and it's a little bit scary but i think there's a lot of trust involved and that's why that coach um, coaching a coach is yeah. really it's hard. Um, important. It, it's very hard and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time to build that trust up. Okay. But so it's almost like a situational leadership approach to delivering feedback is what we're talking about. 
where where every every person you interact with is going to require a different type of touch, a different type of interaction, um, a different level of engagement, depending on where they are, what the, you know, what makes them tick, what they need at that moment. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely, and I mean, it's just like every team has its own touch required. You know, like yeah. some teams may have to be require a coach or a scrum master that's more front of the room leading by example, you know, a lot more prescriptive and some teams are fine with somebody who's more back of the room and just kind of nudging them down the right path. If they get off too far. Okay. So can you give an example of like what really good, a good, good feedback would be? Um, sure. So I'll use an example that was given to me, okay. um, multiple times. <laughs> so, something that I got a little bit earlier in my career is that um, I was a little bit younger working with executives. And so I, I was in a situation where I was um, responsible for an ops review. And so okay. it would be just kind of like a, a review of the, where we're at with our particular teams for a development uh, department. And so I would be responsible for putting all the sides together, um, putting the program board together, making sure that everybody had their action items and that people were owning those things. Okay. And so it was a little bit of, you know, it was a little bit intimidating, right? Because I'm working with a bunch of VPs, senior VPs, um, sometimes even the COO, that kind of thing in a smaller organization, but still a little bit, um, a little bit crazy. Right. Yeah. And so my, I reported directly to a senior VP and he told me one time, and it's the, probably the greatest feedback I've ever gotten. And so true is that sometimes I have a way of diminishing myself when I am speaking to a, to a group of people because I'll, I'll think that they know more than I do and that okay. my opinion may not be as worthy as theirs. Okay. And he didn't say all of that in that particular way. Yeah. So he gave, and he ended up giving me, he followed really closely to this particular um, recipe that I have, the situation, behavior, impact, and suggestion. And he said, yeah. Um, you know, when you do that, it really diminishes you and other people in your professionalism and your opinion in other people's eyes. And it's really important that you don't do that because even though you have an opinion, it, it may be wrong. When you diminish yourself in front of other people, uh, it allows them to do that to you. So the suggestion was that I not do that anymore. And I've become really, really aware of it. Okay. So can I dig into this a little bit in, with the words that you used? Absolutely. So you said mm -hmm. this person who, who coming from a place of kindness and care um, and somebody that you obviously felt safe enough around to take their advice said, it's really important that you don't do that. And to mm -hmm. me, um, that doesn't offer you a lot of choice and a lot of options. It's very directional. I wouldn't yeah, you and I, I think I've... something that says, here's what I saw. Here's some things you might consider and you do what you want with it? So I think I actually needed them to say, you need to stop doing that because I didn't know how much of an impact it had. Okay. Um, and I think when I was at that point that it was like, it was so directly given to me and yeah. I took it in such a way that this person obviously cares about my development um, that I, I, it's obviously something that, is an opportunity for me. And yeah. it smacked me in the face. <laughs> like okay. it did not feel good. Well, yeah, it didn't. But I think it's also like, I find when I get feedback, 
you just said that this person was obviously, you know, they, they cared about your development. I, I try to, depending on my relationship with the person, I often try to remind myself that this person not only cares about me, they cared enough to actually say something. Because if, I, if I'm with somebody and they're not doing a great job and I don't care about them, I'm probably not going to offer them any feedback at all. It's only the people that, that matter to me. Um, I had a situation in class oh, one time. Absolutely. Tim Wise, it's similar to your thing. I, I'm fairly self-depreciating in class. And Tim Wise made a comment that the way that I was presenting this one thing took away from my level of knowledge and experience and made me seem like a, le- like a lesser version of me. And that was hard to hear. Mm-hmm. But I know Tim and I really trust him. And I was really grateful that he cared enough to actually say that. But that to me is always like, I have to wait for a few seconds for that to click in, to remind myself that it's scary for the giver as well as the receiver. Yeah. And that's something that I'm still working on. And I actually got a really good reminder of it a few months ago when um, Taylor James, who used to be with us, um, she, she said, without even knowing she was doing any of this, she said, Hey, do you mind if I give you some feedback? And yeah. of course, like my heart sank. Yeah. You're like, Oh, like, God, I just, no, yeah. Man. My hands got clammy. And I literally, I think that was actually my, my reaction. Cause I was having a really, it was a rough day. And yeah. we were sitting down at lunch and I said, oh no. And then I kind of, you know, you, you just kind say, of oh, get yes, up, Taylor, take a deep breath. Some feedback. <laughs> I would love to hear that from you. Please tell every, tell me everything I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Right. But I think it takes a lot of humility to go, I don't want to hear this, but I need to. And, and say, okay, yes. Take a deep breath, center myself and go, please tell me. Okay. You know? Because it, it's an act of love. I really think that it, think that it is. Would it have been okay for you to say no if you weren't able to hear it at that time? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's sometimes that I wouldn't be able to hear that if I just feel like, but then I can also come back to that person and say, Hey, um, do you mind giving me that feedback? Do you remember what it was? Um, I think I'm in in a good headspace right now to hear it, but some days it just feels like it's the pile on show and I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Well, so you mentioned safety a few minutes ago and I think that is, that's a really big part of this. And I think in some contexts, you have sort of like an unspoken working agreement. Um, I had a situation at a scrum gathering um, where I was facilitating a coaching retreat and it was in Las Vegas. So I had the whole thing themed out like Sammy Davis Jr. area, Frank Sinatra area, Dean Martin area, even the Joey Bishop area. I thought it was like super cool that I did this Las Vegas thing. And this guy mm-hmm. from Germany came up to me. He's like, may I offer you some feedback? And I was like, oh, God. And, you know, I mean, I know the guy and I know that he's a very kind of wise in the, in the ways of coaching and he would not do anything in a harmful way. And I know that he was coming to me with the best of intentions. So I was like, yes, I would love some feedback. And he explained to me that people outside of the United States don't know who those guys are. Like they'd never heard of Joey Bishop. They probably don't know who <laughs> is. And I was like, what, how do you not know who Joey Bishop is? But um, it was important. It's, but I know yeah. I trusted him just, even though we weren't like tight, I trusted him because of the context of the space and the people that are around. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have that, then you do have to find a way to establish that. Right. Yeah. And I think um, that's a good point. Right. And I, I think that, you know, you can't just come out. I mean, you could probably just come out of nowhere and be Hey, can I give you some advice? And I mean, you said that you knew this person, but how meaningful is it going to be to this person if you don't know them? And 
I think that's when it becomes really, really important when you, you allow, um, like if somebody came up to me that I don't know and says, Hey, can I give you some feedback? Um, I might be really curious and wonder what they're talking about. Like if I'm doing a training session and it's somebody from the training session, yeah, I know that it's probably going to be relevant to the, to the training session. I would probably yeah. be open to it. If it's somebody walking down Miami South beach, uh, like around the corner from where I live, I'm probably not going to care very much. <laughs> well, you so also having some kind of context over that person. Yeah. I mean, there are the people that come up to you. I mean, like we were making a joke about Taylor a few minutes ago, but there are people that will come up and feedback is almost like a weapon. You know, yeah. like, can I and offer I, I think that's, let me tell you what they mean is <laughs> I, I want to tell you what's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, with that, it's, it's hidden under the guise of constructive criticism. And I, I think that becomes almost abuse. <laughs> Because it, it turns into, here's how I want you to be a different person in general. <laughs> well, um, Or I want you to be more like me. Or well, whatever yeah, it is. Whatever that ulterior motive is. Yeah, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. always constructive. I think sometimes it, it's, on some level, I think it comes from a place of good intention. But I think there are, I, I've experienced many people who have decided that this is well-intentioned and that they're in a position to help me but it's really coming out of whatever their own thing they have going on is. And they've just decided that I'm the one who's going to be the recipient of whatever's broken. Um, I'd like to, me, yeah. how, well, how do you, how do you differentiate between the feedback that you need to really work with and the feedback that is just somebody kind of spewing their own, whatever. Somebody just having their own ideologies thrown at you. Yeah. Um, they just want to fix you. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think boundary setting is really important. And I think that's why that question of, hey, can I give you some feedback is really important. But okay. if they're just kind of coming at you and they're saying, this is what's happening, you know, you, you do have the right to remove yourself from that situation. Um, and I think that's also another boundary setting moment where it's very healthy to say, you know what, um, I can process this and let me get back to you or whatever your, you know, if there's anything else you can you can say. Um, cause I think you also have to consider who the person is giving it to you, where they're coming from. And if there might be a situation going on that you may or may not know about that might be affecting how this person is giving you quote unquote, their feedback. Well, I was thinking about the fact that you wanted to, you know, the theme is feedback is a gift that I think I feel like sometimes somebody who doesn't really know me and, and doesn't really care about me is re-gifting something they didn't want and <laughs> giving it to me just to get rid of it. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, thanks so much. Um, I don't want your fruitcake. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So is it okay? I mean, what I have often done is just said, Hey, you know, thanks. I really appreciate it. And then I just totally blow it off. Is that, is that also, and that's just me self-protecting, I think, but is that an okay response? Like I don't want to get into it with the person sometimes. Yeah. And I think, you know, if they're giving it in the spirit of love and like the way that it should be taken, um, and that they really do care about you and they want you to get better. I think that giving them, you know, maybe mulling it over and giving them that time. But if it's something that seems like it's almost abusive or it seems like they have ulterior motives, I think by every right, you can say, thanks so much. And then just never think about, think about it again. And so maybe it comes up in a different way and from a source that you might trust a little bit more. (laughs) Okay. So I, I'm going to give me some myself some feedback. I'm listening to this. I mean, I'm enjoying our conversation. I feel like all of, all I've focused this on is negative stuff. So, 
can we talk about like what's um when you're trying to give someone feedback what steps do you take to make sure that you have framed it up in a way that is I'm trying to think of the way to say this both constructive and digestible by the recipient yeah yeah so what i usually do is i try and get um very specific but okay. i you know i want to make sure that i'm not um just nagging on all the details right um specific enough that they know that i was paying attention and that um it, it's something that's important to me um but i also want to make sure i'm using i statements like i think anybody who's been in therapy or like couples counseling or anything like daytime TV, they'll tell you when you're with your partner, make sure you're using I statement and, talking right? and not using like a passive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and not using passive statements like, uh, you know, this person was wronged. Like it should yeah. be more of, so when I, when I was watching this and I observed you do X, Y, and Z, this is the, this is what happened from it. Um, you know, and you want to keep it free. I keep it very factual. I try and keep the emotion out of it. I'm a very emotional person. I, I tend to thrive in my emotions. I think, I think that I'm, um, I do take my emotions to mean a lot of different things and I do investigate them. Not everybody's like that. So I try and be very, very factual. Okay. And once again, like making sure that I have that buy-in to give them their feedback. Um, and, and I also like to reiterate, you know, I do this because I care about you. And I want that to be something that they understand. Yeah. Well, we're talking mostly about feedback as sort of a corrective thing, but what about positive feedback? Like, you know, would it ever like, so when, when this happened, I saw you do this thing and it was freaking awesome and you should do that more. Does that ever happen? Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think that should be shouted from the mountaintops. I think that, you know, I think they say, you know, praise in public and admonish in private. And I think you should be, you should always, always do that. And I, I don't think you should be, um, I don't think it should be rare. You know, if, if it's somebody that you see down the street and you say, I really like your top or those earrings are stellar, whatever it is, I think it should be compliments. But I think that, um, the same kind of thing goes with the workplace. Um, you know, I, I gave somebody a shout out at one of the clients because, she's really leading the charge and asking the right questions in a lot of different areas. And she's, she's doing some really good work and being very responsive in some of the questions that I've asked her. So I gave her a shout. I said, you know, she's doing a great job. I really appreciate everything she's doing. She got me this, um, this artifact that I needed really quickly. And, um, she, she turned it around really quick. So great job. Thank you so much. But it has to be genuine. Oh, absolutely. I would not, um, it's like that scene in Mean Girls, which I don't remember if you've seen or not. <laughs> I have, but um, okay. I saw it's it. the part the where theater. she's... Uh... Wait, hold on. Let's do the age thing. <laughs> I have, but I saw it in the theater with my child. <laughs> wow. Wow. So there's that generational divide, right? Yep, just draw the um, line right there. <laughs> so it's like that part where Regina George um, compliments this girl on her bracelet and she turns around and she was like, that's the ugliest effing bracelet I've ever seen or skirt or something like that. Yeah. And then you realize like, Oh, this person is not genuine when she complimented me like two months before. Right. So okay. it always has to be because you never know who's watching. Somebody will always find you out. How much do you have to pay attention to things like, it could be age. It could be where people are from. Like I come from Philly. So, 
Um, I mean, I was raised speaking sarcasm as a first language. Like that's how you mm-hmm. compliment people and, and demonstrate affection is through teasing. Um, and it's yeah. psychologically brutal, but I'm wired for a different kind of feedback than somebody from maybe down South. Um, yeah. And I'm from Atlanta, like, and I know okay. it's not quite the down South anymore, but I, I grew up. If you're from Philly, it is. if you're yeah. from Philly, it's down yeah. South. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, cause there's so many transplants and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, but yeah. And I mean, in, in the South, it's really different, right? Like you're, you use different words, like bless their heart is actually yeah. not something good. Right. <laughs> So, and it's, it's really interesting, especially when we talk about cultural stuff, because it could be, um, you know, where you're from in the United States, it could be, if you're from India, it might be something different. If you're in the UK, it might be something different. Like I just learned this week, this past week when I was in the UK, that the word socialization is kind of like one of those vague words that nobody really likes over there, it seems. And to me, it means something very, very specific and a very small word. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So if you're, I mean, if we're keeping track of like some tips to offer people, speak for yourself, be authentic and genuine and really show up to give it, learn as much mm-hmm. as you can about the recipient. It almost goes back to like a sender receiver model. It's not just mm-hmm. what you want to push, but you have to think about how they're going to interpret it. If it's the right time and the right place and how you're going to deliver it, all those things are a big part of making sure that your feedback is valuable, Right. Yeah. And another one is what's your motivation for giving it? You always have to check your motivation. So is it something that is going to help build this person up or is it, do you have something else that you're trying to cage in a framework of niceness that you're really just pushing something else? Well, how do you do that? Cause I have my own, I'm curious cause I have my own mechanism for this, but I'd like to, to hear how you, what your thought process is for that. So what I do is I, I really just ask myself, what's my motive? And okay. I may have to write it down because sometimes it's really elusive or if it just comes straight away, I really want this person to succeed in this role. That's, that's good. That's a good motive to have. But if it's, I really need this person to do this this way because it's the way I know and it's the way I want them to do it. Yeah. And it's the way that um, they have to do it. Then you got to learn into that and say, okay, well, can they do it a different way? Is that okay? And sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it has to be that way, but, um, you, yeah, you if you're know, really putting out fires or saving people's lives, you, you right. have to give feedback so they don't <laughs> kill somebody, but if it's something softer then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I find that, um, there are many times I want to offer feedback because something is not happening the way I think it should be happening in the universe. And sometimes mm-hmm. it, it is, I can offer feedback that is actually valuable for the person helpful, but I always have to stop for a minute and think like, is this just me? Is this just that this doesn't agree with my version of how things are supposed to be? Or is this actually an issue that maybe this person hasn't thought of this thing yet? Maybe they, you know, maybe they could use some, mm-hmm. some helpful guidance there. But yeah, are it's we, little, it's, it can also be humbling for the, for the giver of the feedback, because if you're looking at yourself and saying, why am I giving this feedback? Because you, you kind of have to yeah. come to some hard truths. So do I want them to do it this way because it's the way I do it? Or do I want them to do it because I, I think this will make them successful? 
Yeah. I mean, to me, like that crops up in personal relationships a lot. I want to offer somebody feedback and I have to stop for a minute and think like, is this me or is this actually a thing? And is this the right time? The right way? Like it's a, I feel in some ways more vulnerable offering feedback than I do in receiving feedback. Cause if I'm getting feedback, somebody else has already decide, decided often that I'm, I need to be fixed and they have the solution <laughs> and I can take that and do what I want with it. But if I am feeling compelled to share that, that that's scary to me. That's why I really, well, it's funny that you say, yeah. And it's funny that you have to say, or you said that, somebody has decided that you need to be fixed because what it could be is simply simply says something like a different shift in perspective. Yeah. Cause it's not saying that your way is wrong. It's just saying that, have you thought about something this way? It's, it's just gaining a different lens to look through. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that is a really important thing too, is to like try to think of it that way. Like it's just another viewpoint, another vantage point. Maybe it's something I didn't think of, or maybe if I did think of it, maybe I need to take another visit to that place and think about it that way again, just to make sure. Yeah. And it, you know, it can either solidify your beliefs or it can give you another, um, you know, something else in your arsenal or your toolkit that you can use. Either way, you're going to benefit from it. When you're getting feedback from somebody who is fairly, in just by nature, they're, they're a little more on the aggressive side, a little more on the argumentative side. Um, when they come at you with feedback, um, how do you kind of keep yourself open to it when their behavior towards it, just because of their nature, all your defense mechanisms just kick in. How do you create an opening for that information to get in? That's a really good question, especially um, for me, because I'm somebody that is, I can tend to be very, like I said, emotional, and I take things personally really easily. So yeah. what I have to do is remember that these people are coming with good intent, and and even if they aren't, like I can tell myself that they are. Um, and it, like I said, it's going to be something that's going to better me in one way or the other because either it's going to be feedback that I didn't have before, um, and it's something new that I can consider, or it's going to be feedback I've had before that I okay. need to be reminded of. And, you know, it, it, people aren't perfect. A lot of people, they're going to come at, um, give, you, give you constructive criticism, give you the compliment sandwich, give you whatever way they think they really need to let you know something you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also, how are you going to receive it? Are you open to receiving it? Are you open to taking that no matter what? Because you know in the end it's going to help you grow in some direction, hopefully up. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but not always. You know, I think it, it's, yeah, not always. And so I think just understanding that that if they have an aggressive personality or maybe their tone is not right, that's something to do with them. That has nothing to do with you. Yeah. I think that's really I think that's really important to keep in mind also at the beginning you said that you're very emotional. Um it it becomes important for me to also when I'm thinking through the feedback to think about the fact that I carried my own baggage into this room and I have taken the words that were said and added them to the narrative that was already playing in my own self doubt or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it, it, it's hard to remain objective because all that stuff, you know, you've got all the weight of whatever insecurities and everybody's got this stuff. So it doesn't matter who gives you feedback. It, it can sting. Yeah. And especially when it's coupled with the story you're telling yourself that may or may not be true. Because everybody has those stories they tell themselves. Yeah. And most of them are not. Mm-hmm. 
the only yeah. people to be scared of are the ones that think their stories are true. Um, <laughs> right. So what advice, I'm going to ask you for two kinds of advice um, before we close out. So what advice would you have for somebody who is going to give feedback to make sure that they're bringing it to the table the right way? And what advice do you have for somebody who's receiving it? Yeah. So for the giver, I would always say, check your motive. Make sure that where you're coming from is from one of altruism, not one that has your own self-interest at heart. And, you know, really ask yourself, is this needed? And is it going to better this person and for their own good? Um, I think for the receiver of any, I think it's really important to remain open and see how you can grow and just have that willingness that, and that belief that most people are good and most people are, are running on good intent. Cool. This was great. Um, and I think either way, remember that it is a gift, but just like presents that people give you, not everybody brings you gifts that you want and not everybody brings you gifts that you need, but sometimes you get gifts that five years later, you're like, oh, damn, that was so awesome. They gave that to me. Yeah. And I have a reputation for not being a great gift receiver. Uh, so I think another good thing is make sure you're a good gift receiver. Be somebody who enjoys, somebody even thought about that. How would you get, get better at that? I think what's, what's really been key um, in my limited years on this earth <laughs> has been realizing that people don't have to get me gifts. And they do it because they care. And they want, they want me to know that I'm important to them. And so it's really not about the gift. It's about the act behind it and how important that act is. And it's about, you know, that love and that, that care from somebody else. So this is a really interesting way to end this because I, one of the things that I have learned probably since I met my wife is that the gift is about the other person. Like I, I, I feel like mm-hmm. I was raised in a place where the gift is what I want to give to that person. It's about me. <laughs> um, and yeah. not so much about them and what they want. It's what I decide I want to give to them and realizing that it's not that it's about what the other person might want or might need, or what could I do for them? It's not really like the eye has to get a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Little eye on that one. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and my, my husband's incredible at accepting gifts. Like he's so good about it and I don't know how he does it. Um, cause sometimes like, you know, I feel like I give him some really crappy gifts and he's like, this is the best thing I've ever received. And you're like, it can't be. <laughs> So, but it's really, he's, yeah, he's very, very good about that. And so he's, he's kind of like the model I look to quite often. That's awesome. All right. So if people want to continue this conversation or if they want to offer you some feedback on our podcast about feedback, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? So my LinkedIn is Sarah Lee Smith, S-A-R-A-H-L-E-A Smith. And my email is Sarah.Smith at leadingagile.com. And I would love feedback. All right. And I will include links to all this stuff in the show notes. And thank you very much for your time. And everybody, thanks for listening. We would love feedback on the podcast as well. Um, And thanks for, for checking in. 